and welcome to Illumination Bureau, where we enlighten you on all of the hidden stuff you don't know about careers in creative. This is Kristen Harris and Katherine Lang-Klein, and we will be your hosts. We are the co-creators of Portfolio Creative, a company that connects creative people in the marketing and advertising space. We've been doing this since 2005, and we have learned a lot of things in the time frame that we want to share with you. We have so much to tell you, so let's get started. Hey, Kristen. Yes? If I told you that, it, that more contract employees are being hired over full-time employees, would that surprise you? I don't think so. I mean, we've seen a lot of that trend lately. We have, and I actually have a fact about that, a fun fact, because um, New Paychecks data shows that independent contractor growth outpaces employee hiring in small business. And Interesting. It is interesting, and I think it. we see that, I think, more and more every day, and maybe that's just because we are in small businesses and we know a lot of people in small businesses. But if you haven't thought about it, I think it's a really good solution to um, your company's issues and, and needs. Yeah, I, I love that. And you're right. We do see a lot of it. And I think that trend is certainly, I'm not surprised that's the fact because I see that trend mm-hmm. you know, certainly growing. There's a lot of benefits to a small business, especially maybe oh, using a contractor or someone on a more temporary or part-time kind of basis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Um, and I, th- I think actually when you own a small business, I'm going to just jump right to this right away, is that there is always this fear factor of hiring either the first employee or another employee because it feels like there's a lot of pressure. If you started off as a solopreneur or if you have a very small team, you're like, oh, I don't know if we can bear having another full-time person here with benefits and you know PTO and that sort of thing. Um, really looking into having a contract employee might be the answer for you. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, we're 10 people, right? So mm-hmm. having one person is like 10% more. <laughs> right. Like, it's kind of a big deal. It it's is. It's not just, it you know, if you have 100 or 1,000 employees, adding one more is, you know, a very small percentage of your total budget and everything. But for a small business, it's a huge thing to consider, you know, to add someone and, and commit to them in a long term kind of situation. Right. And especially are they going to be a good fit, a good, you know, fit with your culture, you know, can you hopefully you can afford them and things like that. So what we did, you know, when we were starting our business is that we did start bringing in interns and, and part-time people that were considered contractors. And um, we got some really great skills brought to our business just because we were able to kind of cherry pick people to come in as needed to do work that we needed to have done. Yeah. And I think that just leads right into one of, I think, the the benefits, best benefits of considering maybe using a contractor. I guess I'm using contractor kind of loosely to mean like anyone who's not your full-time employee. Right. You know, they <laughs> could be through a staffing company. They could be truly a freelancer, independent mm-hmm. contractor. They could be working kind of temporary part-time, like whatever. They're not a full-time person. Right, right. Um, and I think one of the biggest benefits is being able to cherry pick or kind of tap into special skills that... Mm-hmm maybe you don't need full time, like maybe you don't need a 40 hour a week, you know, web designer or marketing person or whatever it is, but you need it. You need those things done, but maybe you don't need a full time position Mm -hmm. or maybe you, you know, like you said, can't really afford, don't have the room for a full time position, but you could get somebody great in a lesser different kind of capacity. Right. And that was what we were able to do, get, you know, some amazing people that they wanted flexibility. They wanted Mm -hmm. some things different than a Mm full-time job. So it was a great fit on both sides. Absolutely. And you might have, you know, if you're setting up your company or something like that, you might need a a person to design your website, for example. That doesn't mean you have to hire an employee to do that. You might need marketing down the road, but you need this website done first. Let's get that done. Then maybe you can move on to a part-time marketing person. But 
the way that you can kind of plug and play people anymore is just amazing. And, you know, I think really looking into this is is actually like such a benefit for, yeah. for businesses. Such a, a great point. Like you said, like a website's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Every company needs one, even, right. you know, large or small. But if you're a small company, do you really need a web designer on your team? Right. Probably not. Like once your site is built, you're going to tweak and edit it and maybe you have them do it as a, you know, a freelance basis or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But you don't probably, if you have 10 people, you probably don't need one of them to be a web designer, you know, but I think people sometimes get, feel like they're kind of stuck in that, like, well, I have to hire someone. Right. Well, you really don't. There's lots of other more flexible ways to get that work. And maybe you need them like full on 40 hours a week for a couple months and then you're done. Right. You know, you don't have continuing work for them forever once your site's built. Exactly. I kind of refer to it as, you know, having a need for a plumber or something. Um, you have pipes in your house and your business, but does that mean you have to hire a full-time plumber just in case <laughs> you know something might happen? Well, that might be awesome. It's, a, it's an incredible waste of money. You just hire them when you need them, and then they go away, which is mm-hmm. pretty much the same idea. And I know a lot of people realize, you know, I have to market, do marketing my business, for example, um, and we will see job descriptions that will say this person needs to know how to design a website, and they need to do social media, and they need to new, do like you know 10 other things or make presentations. Do you need them to do all those things all the time, or can you get somebody who is going to work on something more consistent like your social media and then just hire somebody as a contract employer, a, a contract employee to do the website, maybe do a presentation and do those really super special skill sets that you only need temporarily. Yeah, because it's hard to find that. Absolutely. Um, that unicorn <laughs> that has right, everything. And if, and if somebody can do all of those things, just, you know, inherently, they can't be an expert yes. at any of them. Yes. They're like, you know, a little bit of everything, which is great to some extent, but sometimes you just really want that expert to do that one piece mm-hmm, so you can get mm-hmm. them on a, you know, more of a contract basis. Yeah. And um, finding, you know, talent really can kind of come from anywhere. You can look at art schools, you can look, you know, online, you know, people looking for jobs, you can post the job yourself, or you can work with a company that specializes in finding people. Um, you know, referrals are always great. So, you know, definitely ask other people if you like their website, who did your website, because I need one too, how much did it cost, you know, that sort of thing. Um, So networking is kind of important in this part too, just in finding people. And I think that, um, again, like going back to your statistic, another reason it really doesn't surprise me is I think businesses and and large, large companies are doing this too, but especially small companies, I think you almost have to do this, which is really thinking about outsourcing the things that aren't your core business. Mm -hmm. Like if you're a law firm, of course you have to have lawyers. You have to have attorneys. You have to have maybe some legal assistance, you know, things like that. But you don't have to have a full-time, you know, you don't do marketing. You need to market your business. You don't need to do marketing. You don't need, like you said, maintenance for your building. You don't have a full-time maintenance person, but sometimes somebody needs to come and fix something. So smaller businesses tend to, or I think it works better (laughs) when you tend to hire like the people that do the thing you sell mm-hmm. or the service you provide. Yes. And then you can look at how much can you outsource all of those other things that need to be done, but you can really tap into an expert that maybe you can't afford to hire full time. Right. Or you can't like a lawyer. Yeah. Or keep <laughs> busy full time. And for us, a lawyer would be the example, right? We don't right. need a full time lawyer, but sometimes we need one. Sometimes you really need a lawyer. And we have one <laughs> that we call. So, um, you know, and, and large companies are really doing this too, focusing on like, 
putting all of their actual resources into the thing they do, the mm-hmm. thing they sell, like what is unique for their business, and then looking to really outsource to experts for all of the other things. Yeah, so it, it goes back to just sticking with your strengths. You know, if you have, if you're sticking with your strength and everybody on your team is, and then bring somebody else that that's their strength, you're only going to have positive results with that. Yeah, absolutely. And we did mes- mention that, you know, this is a really hot thing for small businesses, but larger businesses do this too. Um, if you want to look at the grand scheme of things, um, when they hire contractors in large numbers, that is an expense versus a headcount. And, you know, when you're t- dealing with a board and with stockbrokers and things like that, they don't like to see that people have been laid off. But if you cut expenses, that's a great thing. So if you are ramping up for holidays or um, for particular times of year, you know, that you might have just a big, bigger influx of work, it's a, it's a great solution because, again, you don't have to hire, fire, you know, just accrue all that expense. You can just um, have people come in, do the work, and then leave. Yeah, that's a really good point. It seems almost like small businesses top into contractors and you know temporary people to get access to that talent that mm-hmm. maybe they don't need all the time or can't afford all the time, where large companies are doing it more from how they manage their budget and their headcount, right. I think, is, right. is what you're saying. So, like, yes, they have their full-time headcount, and they want that to be kind of stable and not growing too fast because then it's, you know, alarm bells, but mm-hmm. also not having to shrink, not having to lay people off, but then they have this more kind of flexible part of their workforce that can add if they get super busy or seasonally, they can add people, or if they're not as busy, they can pare it down. And I mean, that sounds, maybe people think, oh, that means people are losing their jobs, but people are taking those positions, understanding that's kind of, that's the situation. Some people just want to work seasonally. They want that, you know, holiday job for a few months, but they don't want to work full time. So it's, as long as everyone's upfront about what they're signing up for generally you know the employees are totally up for it too they maybe they want flexibility or there's Mm -hmm. some reason why this is a really good fit for them too they don't want that full-time commitment right and i think that really starts addressing um why we're seeing a little bit of a surge in that is because people are thinking about work differently you know we have a younger generation that is coming in and their priorities are a little bit different about work they do like a lot of freedom they like to work from home so what better than to be a contract employee if you can have that kind of freedom and there's also um, the generation that's getting squoes a little. That's not even a word, but I'm going to just roll with it. <laughs> we make up our own words here. <laughs> we can. Um, and they're the ones that might have kids on one side, aging parents on the other, and they need to have that flexibility to come and go and work from home and set their own schedule. And they're, a lot of them are super talented, and you can definitely take advantage of their skill sets, but they are going to have stipulations, and one of them might be a contract employee. And then the last one I want to mention is that there are a lot of baby boomers retiring soon that are not ready to quit what they're doing. And they have a ton of expertise and would love to just come in and, you know, maybe work on a marketing plan with you or, you know, have all this experience and just help you with your business. And again, come in, do the work and then leave. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And it seems like every generation has reasons they might want that flexibility. Mm-hmm. So like you said, the I don't know if they're the sandwich generation, is that what yeah. it is? Where I you know, I was like going with maybe it. like <laughs> parents and kids or whatever. And then the boomers who, like you said, they, they don't want to just totally stop working. They they want to work, but maybe a couple days a week mm-hmm. or, you know, on a project basis. But then even if you think about younger generations, maybe people who have young children, mm-hmm. before it, it would 
especially women often made this choice of like either you work or you don't. Right. It was like either or where now maybe you could work some. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can work part time. Maybe you can work remotely. Like maybe you can still stay in the workforce and in a career you like without the full, you know, 40, 50, 60 hour commitment right. and have that more of a, a balance if <laughs> if such a thing exists. <laughs> and then you even think about like the the younger, you know, youngest working generations like the Z's and mm-hmm. the the Y's, the millennials, um, they're so entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have things they want to be doing themselves as well. So sometimes they want some flexibility or they want a little bit different kind of a schedule because they're also building a business or they have a creative side hustle they're into. Right. And so they they like that flexibility. So it's like almost at every generation, there are people who like that idea. It just it's maybe for different reasons, mm-hmm. but it seems like at every level there's people who are interested in it and not everyone like a lot of people just want a full-time job and right, that's fine right but there is definitely a, a group of people who are like you said they're just like thinking about what work is differently and how it like how it fits into their life right right and we're seeing that more and more and I can definitely say um we have had great success with um you know relationships like that with, with our part-time employees too where uh you know uh, very very talented stay at home moms would want to come, but they would want to come at ten after the kids got to school, and they would want to leave so they would be home. And that middle time that they were here with us just produced such stellar work. Um, same thing with like interns. Same things with like you know just really any anything that we've ever mentioned. Be, you know in the, in this thing already is 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 that you can get some really great talent without having to hire people. And then of course you know hire the ones that you need to have around. You know there's always that too. You don't have to feel like you have to. But I do know people that build businesses just with a bunch of contractors but you know the ones that you're like this person this is a keeper I'm gonna figure out how to get them on the payroll you know definitely snatch those people up too because while you are working with a very flexible workforce that person could go away and get wooed away by somebody else so um when the iron's hot definitely strike (laughs) yeah that's a great point it can evolve right so maybe they start with you in some capacity but over time their needs may evolve and your needs evolve Mm -hmm. and, and the relationship can change it doesn't have to be just one way forever we sometimes call it try before you buy yeah. you know <laughs> you yeah. know you can try somebody out and then if you find that like i really cannot live without this person you know that's the time to change the relationship i guess yeah so it sounds like a lot of what we're talking about is maybe encouraging the employer like the business side to be a little more open and flexible mm-hmm. to what they're considering like to considering how they get the work done it's like just start with what you're trying to accomplish and then maybe work backwards right because it sounds like there are people who are available who can work in different capacities, but you have to figure out if that's what you need or mm-hmm. if that's going to solve the problem you have. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people are just like, I just need to hire somebody. I just need to post a job. It's like, but wait a minute. Let's just talk about what you're trying to get done first yes. and then work backwards. And there may be a whole bunch of different kinds of options in there that would work and, and maybe work better than hiring someone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And while we're talking about that, we should probably talk a little bit about the legalities of this too, because there are many cases where people will um, hire a contractor or they are the contractor and then April 15th rolls around and they might run into some problems. So here are some of the heads up. Yeah. And this is a, this is a big one because there is also um, sometimes people our businesses are trying to use contractors instead of employees purely to avoid like paying taxes and things like that. And that's just not, it's not cool. I mean, it's not fair to the person, first Mm -hmm. of all, it's not 
legal. (laughs) You know, like the IRS is not going to look favorably upon that. And a big thing, I mean, there, there's that list. Is it 20 items or something that you look at? I think the thing that's challenging about this for people is there's not a hard and fast rule. It's not like, here are the rules, follow them, you're fine. It's like, here's 20 things to consider, and then you need to just make a decision based on this. Mm -hmm. It's so like gray and vague, and my decision might be different than the IRS auditors. Right. But I think when you run... Usually they're right, though. You'll find that out, When you run through that checklist, (laughs) it's usually pretty obvious. Yes. You know, it's very rarely that someone you're like, geez, I just can't tell. Yes. Generally, it's obvious, and... Like a big one that we always talk to our clients about, like you just start with like, is this person sitting right next to someone else on your team who does the same job? Are you telling them what time to show up? They're working on mm-hmm. your company computer. They're essentially doing the same job as that you know, graphic designer or whoever it is right next to them. Mm-hmm. But you're going to call this person a contractor and that person an employee. That's a red flag. Yes. Like, why is this person a contractor if that one isn't? And just also keeping in mind... The IRS and, you know, government entities always veer on the side of employees. Like you have to make the case they're a not rather than make the case. You have to make the case they're a contractor. Right. They are going to say everyone should be an employee unless you can make the case they're a contractor. So that's always the mindset Mm -hmm. you have to take is like, I have to prove why this person isn't an employee. Yes. And if essentially if you're treating them like one, more than likely, you're going to get caught. They They are an employee. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that, that falls under like the, the behavioral thing and, um, does the employer control how and when the worker does their job? So really look at that. And, and I know you might be thinking, okay, I need the, this person and I have to be really specific, but y- you have to treat it in a way where I'm relying on this person's expertise and that's how I'm going to talk to them. And you cannot be super controlling as you would be with, you, you have to treat them separately. I, again, you know, like if you had a lawyer come in, you can't tell them how to do their job, essentially. You know what the end result should be. Um, so you can go as far as saying that, but as far as, you know, kind of nitpicking and directing and things like that, that, that starts where, that's where the gray area starts coming in. Yeah. And you can't tell them what hours to work. You right. can't say you have to be sitting here at this desk from nine to five. You can schedule meetings. Mm-hmm. Like that's one thing I think trips people up a little bit. They're like, well, can I ask them to come into a 10 o'clock meeting? It's like, well, yes, of course you're their client. Mm-hmm. You can ask them to have a meeting with you, but you can't tell them you have office hours they have to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, of course, you can meet with them and talk about the project, but then they can go off and do whatever. They set their schedule beyond that mm-hmm. of how they're going to go about getting it done, like just like the attorney. Yeah, and if, again, I'll use just another example, like if you have a contractor, for example, you could ask this contractor, can you be here at 10 o'clock every day to, to work? It's a yes or no question. It's not a... I need you to start at, you know, so it's, it's a crazy little nuanced thing, but that's what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, just how much control do you as the employer have over the job? And, and the answer needs to be not much, <laughs> you know, you may right. be giving some guidance. You may be giving them the end result you want. You may be asking them, you know, to be here at certain times for certain meetings or whatever, but generally they have much more control over their schedule and how they go about getting the work done than you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, financial is another one. Um, does the employer control when and how the employee is paid and which expenses, if any, are reimbursed by the employer? Those rules are, again, um, made by the employee, um, the person that you're hiring. Right. They And they could charge you by the hour. Mm-hmm. They may say, you know, my fee is X per hour, like an attorney does. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, I expect to be reimbursed for these expenses. Here's my contract that lays all that out. But what it can't be is just, um, they're saying I charge X per hour to accomplish this project, but it can't be like you just come in 40 hours a week and get paid $25 an hour and do whatever I ask you to do. And if there's nothing to do, you can watch YouTube. <laughs> That's an employee. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it's again that very specific, like I'm I charge this much. I, you know, will expect you to, you know, reimburse me for these things. Mm-hmm. Here's my invoice. And this is all in the interest of completing this very defined project mm-hmm. that will have an end result and an end date, as opposed to just ongoing week after week, I come and work forever. Right, right. And that Again, it has to be really clear, like that. You know, they're invoicing you. They have payment terms, um, all of that. You don't get to call the shots on mm-hmm. that, unfortunately. Yeah. The other piece of financial is how much control do you, you know, as one client, have over their whole financial picture, if you will. Like, if you are their only client, that gets tricky too. Mm-hmm. If, oh yes. If yes. somebody's a freelancer, independent contractor, and they have no other clients. And they're working 30 or 40 hours a week for you. It's really hard to say they're not an employee. They they don't, they have all of their financial needs mm-hmm. rest on you, right. right? If they lose you as a client, they have no income. Right. Where if you have three or four multiple clients, you work on multiple projects. If you lose one, you, you know, mm-hmm. you have others, you pick up somebody else. That's very different. I mean, when, when you really have one client and you work almost full time for them, that can be seen as as employment as well. Yeah, and I understand that is very hard to work with, but them's the rules, mm-hmm. and um, you just have to hope that doesn't doesn't get brought up in question. I yeah, guess. it's just, it's just the financial control thing mm-hmm. again. Like you have all the financial control over them; they're not really running a business, right? You know, they are working for you. They're working for you. Yeah, and you can think about it again. You know, if somebody's in business for themselves, do they only have one client? Yeah. You know, it's usually not the case. They'll have one or two small ones or something. You know, if you're the main one, and right? They, and you could be a right. main client, but you just can't be the only client, right? And if, and it's okay to work a lot for someone for a couple months mm-hmm. or six months oh, or absolutely. whatever. It's like that's like a project. Yeah, I'm on this six month project, but when it's done, it's done, and I'm gonna go on and get another client. You don't have financial control over me forever. Mm-hmm. It's just for a certain period of time. Right. That's okay. Right. But when it's just sort of assumed to be ongoing for years, yeah. That's where it gets and to look more like employment. And that's where um, sometimes the paperwork gets really important when you're defining the relationship, you know, having contracts, you know, and you might say that I have a six month project, make sure that's all written out and this is the date that it's going to end. And honestly, if you have another project that comes up for the same person, just write another contract mm-hmm. and, you know, just really keep it all above board. Very defined. Um, absolutely. Don't have them, um, don't offer them anything like sick leave or paid vacations or health insurance, anything, you know, defining, you know, Anything that, again, that defines that, that they are an employee. And while it's yeah. super tempting when somebody is sitting in your office all the time, you know, everything else is a contract situation. And they might say, well, you know, I'm thinking about taking this other job. Well, we can get you health insurance if you like. No, you really can't. You can't. better start hiring them at that point. Yes, exactly. Um, any kind of benefits that you offer your employees, you can't. And sometimes it it doesn't feel good. Like when, I'm sure you experienced this too, when we worked at All Brands. Um, we had lots of contractors and just something silly like we had a sample sale that mm-hmm. all the employees could go to. The contractors weren't allowed. And it 
sort of hurt. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they were there all the time. They worked with us. You kind of wanted to sneak yeah, they, them in. But they felt like employees but you know, it in was, a lot of cases. It was considered employee benefit. But and they, they had to really have that hard line mm-hmm. so that there was not a question Any of, confusion, right? of this relationship. It, it, was, it was painful, but that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. benefits only go to the employees. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, just really keeping a very defined line, having that written in any agreements, you know, the the purse, the contractor may or may not have it, but you might want to add mm-hmm. some section about, you know, they understand they're an in- independent contractor. They're not eligible for any benefits, you know, like health care, 401k, whatever mm-hmm. that your employees mm-hmm. receive, like just really stating that if they need those benefits, they have to get them on their own. They have to have their own workers right. comp, all right. that kind of stuff. Just to be super clear about what their relationship is. Exactly. And that whole conversation about workman's comp, I mean, yes, they have to be insured, you know, bonded, whatever it takes. Um, but again, they're their own business and they need to have these things. And, you know, you, you can wing it, but, you know, it's it, it's your problem if it all falls down. Yeah. And, and that's actually a good point of being your problem. So some things that we've seen, um, you know, just following court cases and stuff is, I think sometimes people think, well, if I just if I write up a contract that says they're a contract, if I write up an agreement that says they're an independent contractor, mm-hmm. they are. The government doesn't quite see it that way. They're like, we don't actually care what you wrote and what you both signed. Mm-hmm. We're still going to look at all these factors. Right. And even if you wrote it up and said they're a contractor and they signed it and said I'm a contractor, if they look at these 20 factors and, you know, 18 of them look like employee, they're still going to say they're an yes. employee. They don't really care about what paperwork is in place, mm-hmm. which is sort of an interesting thing. You should have paperwork to help prove your case, but it doesn't, if all the factors still look the other way, a piece of paper doesn't save you. <laughs> right, right. So like, for example, if you are just writing checks from the company directly to the person um, and there's no invoice, for example, that starts looking a little fishy. If the contractor doesn't have any business cards, that starts looking a little weird. So it's just yeah. these little nuances that make the difference, but could really save you some time with the IRS. Yeah, and they money, don't they don't know? market themselves. They don't have their own mm-hmm. website, and they're not right. actively pursuing other clients. Yeah, all those things. So it is kind of interesting. Like, I think yes, you should always have the documents mm-hmm. because that helps make your case. But really, it's just to capture the factors you already looked at to make sure they are a contractor right it's not to make them be a contractor like by having this piece of paper <laughs> i've made you a contractor it doesn't really work that it's got to be the behavior it yeah. has to be the behavior it's and that's sometimes a, a little pre- tricky in the relationship yeah yeah when you're um you know trying to hire a student or a stay-at-home mom or something like that they might not have all of this but you know for their own sake and yours you know just you know put up a facebook page even that yep. is a company name or something just and you know, everything we said, I could just repeat everything. Yes. yes. You know, that's essentially what we're, we're going help, for here. Help them make it be a business. Yes. And mm-hmm. it, it, it protects both of you in the mm-hmm. long run. Mm-hmm. And the other option that you could do too is, and large companies do this often, and um, I think smaller businesses are starting to get attracted to this too, is to go through like a staffing company that finds specific people. You know, it, you could just call them um, and save a lot of time and just say, here's what I need. Here's the job description. Find me someone. And... Um, that company will take care of all the paperwork, the workman's comp. If that person needs insurance, that all falls on the staffing company. Yeah, and actually that's a lot of the reason um, businesses like that exist mm-hmm. because maybe a company wants someone who's, you know doesn't want a full-time employee. They have this need that's only mm-hmm. temporary or part-time or whatever it is, and the person wants that too. But unfortunately, when they look at all the factors, they're 
they wouldn't be a contractor. Like they just really don't fit that. And so essentially the staffing company is that third party that they're an employee of the staffing company. Mm-hmm. So the government wants them to be employee of someone. Right. So they're an employee or of the really s- prove yeah. their or a prove they're a contractor. <laughs> so they can be the employee of the staffing firm, but the so therefore they're not really headcount. They're not taking on the full benefits at the company. It's kind of that, you know, in between liaison that is their employer because they need an employer. Right. <laughs> because they're not a contractor. But the company doesn't necessarily, for whatever reason, you know, want or need them to be employee of them. They just need them to be employee of someone. Right. And uh, you kind of look at it as, you know, uh, a company might say, yeah, I'm not paying. They're not getting a paycheck from me. They're getting it from the staffing company. So therefore, they own them. It's their problem. They're getting health benefits. They're getting, you know, and they just come here to work. That's a huge buffer for a lot of people. And that's why I said large companies do that because they usually have a lot of contractors, everything from IT to administrative assistance to warehouse. And um, smaller companies are starting to realize that just to kind of protect themselves, it might be worth just going through a staffing company to do that. Yeah, and it lets them still have all of those benefits of like flexing up and down, you know, adding people quickly or reducing, you know, for the seasonality or big projects or whatever. You have all that same flexibility without the sort of legal concern of treating somebody as a contractor who's not, basically. And I always just like to think, I mean, I can afford an expert, you know, Um, you may not be able to hire this person full time, but you could buy a couple hours and get the job really, really done well. Thank you so much for joining us at Illumination Bureau. We hope that you have gained something by listening today. Illumination Bureau was brought to you by Portfolio Creative. You can find out more about Portfolio Creative at PortfolioCreative.com. If you have a topic you'd like to hear about, please send us an email at questions at PortfolioCreative.com. Please subscribe and join us next time for more creative career tips.